Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, Mackey and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. And I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a football game this weekend in town. Uh, the Gophers play Penn State, and they're both undefeated. And I think it's, I, I was born in 1985, graduated from the U of M in 2007. It's the biggest college football game that I can remember in the state of Minnesota. And PJ Fleck, Rami Makloff, is new to the Twin Cities as of last January. And uh, I think this would be a great time for you to put into perspective to somebody new on the sports scene here the magnitude of this game this weekend at TCF Bank Stadium? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. Uh, one, you know, we talk about to our players that we want to be 1-0 in this season. It's Penn State season. It's a national championship season, conference championship season. It's the biggest game of the year. Why? Because it's the next one. But last week during the bye week, we did address it. Uh, I think it's really important for our fans to know and the state of Minnesota know that this is one of the biggest games uh, in program history. You know, this is uh, we're, we're talking about since World War II in the 60s, have things like this happened before. And I think when you're starting to talk about the 40s and 50s and 60s, that's what we wanted to restore. You know, the whole theme for this year was restore our traditions, and that's what we want to be able to do. And, you know, we've had seven national championships, 18 Big Ten championships. They just haven't happened for over 50-plus years, and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to restore those things. So that's our mission. It's a huge game. Penn State's a phenomenal football team, 8-0. We're 8-0. You couldn't ask for anything better. And who wants a championship run to be easy? This is what it's all about when you hit November. Ranked teams playing each other. It couldn't get much better than this in TCF Bank Stadium, that's for sure. Did you have a timeline when you got here to Minnesota? And did you think you'd be playing games this big this early on in your tenure at Minnesota? Or are you are you ahead of the pace that, that you set when you first took this job? You know, I think it's really hard to always say where, you're, where you are um, in terms of ahead of pace, behind the pace. We knew that this was going to take time no matter what. We have a certain way of doing things. We have a certain process of how we rebuild programs, and it's in place. Uh, 80% of our team is still freshmen and sophomores, so most people think that we're a little ahead of schedule, but it just shows the talent that we're bringing in here and the recruiting success we're having, but also it shows the 11 seniors that we really have who are playing a lot of football for us have been through a lot, and they have embraced their path to create their future and really done a great job of leading these young guys. So we're exactly where we're supposed to be, period. We're exactly where uh, we are supposed to be, where we think we're supposed to be because we're here. And um, we just need to take advantage of every single day we have. So, PJ, how do you weigh, uh, for you and your team in particular, enjoying 
this week and the magnitude of this game and sort of absorbing it and enjoying what goes on around it while also maintaining a complete focus on Penn State and that game on Saturday morning? You know, I was taught a long time ago, when you have really successful people, really successful teams, one of the sicknesses they have is the ability not to appreciate where they are or the ability to always think it's never good enough. When you are in a position that we're in as a football team, you've got to celebrate the moments. So celebrate the moments help in that nothing's ever good enough. That type of that, that type of sickness that 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 really successful people and successful teams have. So we celebrate. I mean, every Saturday in our locker room, it is like a huge party. Sundays in our team meeting, leading up to our team meeting, is a huge party, a celebratory uh, fashion. And we also talk about exactly where we're at, honestly. We talk about the outside noises. We bring it into our culture. We dissect it, and then we spit it back out from our culture's perspective. Because you cannot ignore what's happening. I think if you ignore what's happening, I only get the kids two hours a day. After they leave us, they will listen to the other 22 hours of what people are telling them. If you're not celebrating the moment, if you're not educating them about what to do next, if you're not if your culture is not strong enough to absorb all of it and then spit it back out the way you want them to handle it. So that's how we're doing it. We're celebrating it. We're not ignoring it. And, but then we're looking at it as one game seasons and changing our best and renewing that every Sunday. Uh, PJ Fleck with us here. Gophers Penn State this upcoming weekend, Saturday, 11 o'clock, national TV, ABC. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami here. Um, I, I, I want to ask you about something I, I hear in clips I've heard in locker room speeches I think a lot of people refer to don't be afraid to fail, but you talk a lot about not being afraid to succeed or, as, as you've put it before, not being afraid to be legendary or, uh, or however you want to put it. Can you elaborate on that? When you, when you tell your players don't be afraid of success, where does that come from and what does that mean? Well, it's all about how you define success. right? The way we define success is the peace of mind you get from knowing you did everything you can to be the best you could be as long as you change your best. Right? So that's how we define success. And that's really John Wooden's definition of it. Uh, and when we talk to our team, you know, we haven't won a championship in over 50 plus years. You know, there's going to be a team that comes along that ends that streak. And why can't that be us somehow, some way? And when you do that, you set your, your, you set your name in stone in the legacy of Minnesota Golden Gopher football. But there's a lot of people out there that are really scared of success because they're scared of failing. You can't have success without adversity and a lot of failing. The only thing you can't do is quit. And so if you quit, you'll never become legendary. You'll never succeed. But if you continue to fail and grow, you can have a life of success somehow, some way. And if you have enough of it and you're consistent enough, somehow, some way, you can stamp your legacy on the program. And that's what we want our players to do here. So in your eyes, there is no ceiling for the Minnesota football program. National championship is the ceiling for the Minnesota football program in your eyes. I truly believe that. And I know people will mock that, make fun of that. I will not, I will not stand down from that ever. Uh, that is the expectation. We want to run a national championship program. We run a national championship program academically, athletically, socially, and spiritually. And we won't come down from that. It is, will that take a while for that to happen? Sure it will. Could that be this year? That, that's, that's meant to be seen. Uh, but we have that expectation when we are going to run our program that way. And we're going to have that type of expectation in everything that we do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So 
I'm almost 50, PJ. I follow Gopher football since 1978, and, and obviously you've seen um, the fact that this team has not been to Rose Bowl. I think it was since January of 63. Talking to me, give give me the pitch for why a person my age or thereabouts shouldn't be apprehensive. Because, you know, when it comes to this program, it's had some good moments before for sure, and but it always seems like they fall short. What's your pitch to people like me who say, oh boy, it's getting scary? Every year is its own entity, and comparisons steal your joy. I mean, if you're going to compare us to what has happened in the past, then you'll never be with us. You'll never be on. You'll never be all in. The dream is in the journey, right? And so the fun part about this whole thing is the whole process of the whole season already. It was the, it was the fun back in January. It was recruiting. It was signing day. It was all spring ball. It was all of our summer workouts. It was training camp. It was our work on the field, off the field, in the classroom. Everything's led us to this point right now. And, and when you have a championship program and you have somebody that really wants to be a part of that, the joy is the journey. Because once you win, and once you win a championship, people are then going to say, well, can you do it again next year? There will immediately be criticism. There will immediately be critics. And there's going to be immediate expectation for the next year. So you've got to learn to enjoy the ride. And just because things happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And that means that can keep happening and happening and happening. And then there's going to be that one team that stops it. And this is a really special team. Is this the one that stops it? That's meant to be seen later on. But you've got to enjoy the journey of becoming a champion. And I think this is a really unique program, a unique culture, and a unique style of making that happen that really will embrace anybody of all ages. Yeah. Old, young, middle-aged, uh, People who have seen championships, haven't seen championships, people who moved in here, who have been from here their entire life, no matter what age or, or, or religion or male or female that you are, you can all be a part of our program and culture because that road of culture can touch every area of everybody's life, and it's not just about football. Unless you're a college game day executive, in which case you're no longer, you're not even invited anymore. <laughs> Bleep those guys, PJ. There's still a chance, though. The Wisconsin game, there's still a chance sometime this year for game day to show up to town. Oh, there, absolutely, there's a lot of chances. There's chances in the future. You know, this is, we want to have high expectations here. We want to be able to bring that Minnesota culture back, that championship way back. And when you do that, people will come. How could you turn down one and two? It's, it's a game yeah. of the century. It's undefeated teams. I get that. I understand that. That doesn't mean it's the only opportunity we're going to have in the future. So uh, whether this year or years to come, we know we have a very unique environment here. We have a very unique city. And one of these days, we'd love to share that with the uh, the whole country. PJ, do you have this energy in just your day-to-day life? Because I love it. I just can't imagine, like, when you go to make dinner at night with your wife, do you bring this type of row-the-boat energy into let's, let's make the best dinner we can possibly make and not set any ceiling on how great this dinner can be? Is this, is this just how PJ Fleck lives life? It truly is. People always ask, are you always like this? And I respond, uh, like what? I have no idea what people are, I have no idea what people are talking about. Who I am, and I'm not afraid to be myself. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not for everybody, and uh, that's okay. I don't want to be for everybody. Uh, I, I'm going to be myself. I want our players to be themselves. I want to be the best version of themselves, and that's what I want to be able to hopefully teach them through how I live my life. Um, but in terms of Heather and I cooking at night, she's Italian. Um, I don't have much say of what gets cooked or how it gets cooked. And I would consider myself a great griller. 
every guy in the, every guy in the world thinks they can do two things, right? They can grill and coach football. But I, I, I think I'm really good. But I live with an Italian, and she has even taken over that responsibility. So you can imagine how the cooking or the grilling goes in our house. And I just, I pretty much submit at this point. Well, you've uh, you've hit on one of Rami's three favorite foods. Italian is one of them. Uh, Mexican and free. Yeah, free, free, is, yeah. free is my favorite. Which kind is of food, PJ. media entity, right? Personified. <laughs> we'll always take free food, PJ. Sure. Hey, last thing. Uh, as a longtime um, follower of sports in, in this town, seen lots of things here, including coaches being linked to different jobs when they're successful. What would you tell me about the fact that you know, with, with the Gopher success? Your name's already come up with Florida State. It's going to come up with probably other top jobs that are going to become available here in the coming weeks. How confident should we be that P.J. Fleck is not going to abandon us because the Minnesota sports fan always very concerned about being abandoned, P.J.? Well, first of all, the success that comes to our program that is national right now is is well-deserved for our whole state. And I think anytime you're getting any type of exposure, no matter what it is, whether it's the players, whether it's the team, whether it's the coach, I think it's really healthy uh, for the whole university in general. But I'm focused on Penn State, period. And I expect to be here a very long time. Uh, I love working with Mark Coyle in our administration, and President Gable is an absolute rock star. And uh, Heather and I love living here, especially with our children. Uh, it's a very special place. P.J. Fleck, Gophers Penn State, 11 a.m. kickoff, TCF Bank Stadium this Saturday, ABC. We appreciate the time and uh, enjoy this week, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us on the show. Row the boat, Scotty Ma, go Gophers. Thanks. All right. All right. Uh, that was we caught up with him a little bit earlier in the day, and uh, that was great. It was that's the first time P.J. Fleck has been on this show, at least going back to the. I think the last time we had him on, Mackie and Judd, the old version of the show, was probably like the week he got hired. So, uh, no, we had him on when we were in training camp right before the season started two years ago. You're right. Mankato? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we two had or three the... years ago. Yeah. Whatever the Vikings last year, Mankato was. So real quick, before we get back to some Vikings things, because I, I, I want to get your pie charts of blame for yesterday's mm-hmm. loss, too. The Florida State stuff, or let me just tee it up this way. Percent chance, if they, if they finish the season uh, as Big Ten West Division champions and they play Ohio State, in the Big Ten Championship game, and then they play in a fairly big-time bowl game, percent chance P.J. is gone after this year. I think it's pretty low still. I think he's, I think think he's going to see this through. Is your for, guy Brian Kelly gone or no? Um, that's a, Do you think he... If I'm, my they're, answer is, they're, they're like a bad loss or two away from making that move. My answer completely changes if the Notre Dame job opens up. Right now, with the jobs that are opened, I think he gets a huge raise here. I, I think he might... Uh, his representatives might certainly use the opportunities that are out there to point out that they can that they'll be at the top of a lot of lists. Notre Dame job opens up. I think he might be gone. If it does not, Brian Kelly is still there. Then I think he stays. So yeah, I if, think about a ten percent, five percent chance he leaves if the status quo maintains. Right if now. the Notre Dame job opens up, he's gone. He's if he's offered it, but I think he, He'll be I think it would work there. Yeah. I think he would work there. He they can would, recruit really well. His offensive mind is really good. Notre Dame would probably make a run at Urban Meyer before they made a run at... Because think about this. like If you're firing Brian Kelly or buying out Brian Kelly, a guy who brought you to a national championship game, yeah. a guy who's brought you to the college football oh, playoff, yeah. yep. you're going to go with the most sure thing you can possibly get. You're desperate. Notre Dame is desperate for a national championship because they hear all the chirping, too. And there's a lot of validity. I'm a huge Notre Dame guy, but there's a lot of validity to it. I just don't think... I'm not saying they wouldn't be interested in PJ. I just don't think that they would fire Brian Kelly to go after PJ as their number one 
candidate. If Urban Meyer is interested, does Meyer in have too much baggage though? Now I was just going to say Ohio Notre State Dame stuff. is probably beyond caring at this okay. point. They All just right. want the well, if that's the case, you might be right. A Catholic institution is going to bring in that dude. Yeah, and, and that baggage. He really seems like a first I mean, class creep, right? So, so many easy, I know, angles to take. I know, there, but, but you don't. Yeah, as a guy who grew up yeah. very much Irish Catholic, I'm, I'm not Irish, but also grew up very Catholic, <laughs> and uh, I have plenty of family members who don't like to hear about any of that stuff that you're referring to, sure. but. You don't invite it. Like, they didn't invite that stuff to happen. Hey, Brian Kelly. Uh, but Brian. it's a PR. But if you do it, what's the PR hit compared to the... And yeah. they might not care. I don't know. But I just think that Fleck, his demeanor, uh, the the fact that he's a really good coach, can recruit, is attractive. This is just not... You're going to have opportunities... And you're only going to bring in better players. This season is only going to springboard your recruiting beyond what it already is. The only good things are going to come in terms of player recruitment and visibility for P.J. Fleck and the program. I don't think this is the offseason to worry about. And don't it. forget, too, let's see the next four games. For sure. Like if they the next four win games three out everything. of four, and yeah, for sure. Everything. So, all right, back to the Vikings here. If you're in Pasadena, it'll be pretty interesting. Um, it will be. It will be. But, again, these are all good problems to have. I don't want to see him leave because I think it's... Mackie doesn't want to think about it, too. It this scares is, you. This is you're our so Lou Holtz. scared. This is our Lou Holtz. This is my generation's Lou Holtz. I know, but you're what so... Well, Lou Holtz was to, to you but guys... But you know what? Just like PJ said, success scares you because it's so incomprehensible that the Gophers might be... I'm not saying national championship. I'm saying defaulting to the Rose Bowl, which, by the way, would be tremendous. We need to get... I, this is where I'm with PJ, for sure. Like, we need to get out of this scarcity mindset of, well, what if this is this? No, embrace all of the things that come along with getting to the next level. And if that means coaches leave, who cares? Embrace it. Let coaches be... Let coaches use this as a springboard. It just means that the program's in a better spot than it would have been. Do you think that's how he ends every phone call? Yes. It is. Those just roll off the tongue so easily, so quickly for him. Like, you mean even like with family members? Yeah, like he's talking to his oh, yeah. sister or brother. Oh, yeah. I think he ends all his press conferences that way, too. He does. Roll the boat, Sky Mongo Gophers. Yep. Yeah. He ends everything that way. So uh, we'll see you at uh, 10 o'clock for the family reunion? Yep. Roll the boat, Sky Mongo Gophers. He's <laughs> the best, man. <laughs> okay, Mr. Fleck, I've confirmed your appointment is for uh, 10 a.m. Thursday morning. All, all right. right. Sounds good. <laughs> Go Gophers. I'm willing to say there's a 98% chance that every phone call that that man's on ends like that. He's uh, he's, 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 he's fun, man. So what uh, What are your pie charts? Your pie charts are blame for the Vikings yesterday. Oh, you want this right now? Yeah, let's do it. Um, see, I can't put more than like... 10% tops on Kirk, and I might even put it at five because look at this. I'm the one, I'm like, I don't worry, I take care of it. It's great. I'm doing, I'm I do, come off the top rope. I'm measuring performance versus expectations, and I don't expect Kirk to overcome everything that was presented to him and the Vikings yesterday. So I'm putting like, you know, j- just to be as specific as Judd, because I don't know his whole pie chart. I just know Royce told me in the hallway he had 11% for somebody. <laughs> I was like, that's very specific. So It's I'm, a whole group. I'm going to put... I got 11% for a whole group. In the spirit of Judd, I'm going to put 7%. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, Pat told me today. Can't do that. 7% on Kirk Cousins, and now it's a math test for me as I try to figure out what the rest of my pie looks like. 7% for Kirk Cousins. I'm going to put, just to make this easier for me... Thirty-three percent on coaching, okay, <laughs> just yeah. to get it to an even forty. Forty percent. Now it's a lot easier math from here on out. So thirty-three percent on coaching, 
40% on the defensive performance as a whole, and then like 20% on special teams. The combination of, uh, what did Randy call the punter? Um, uh, Brighton uh, Coldschmidt. Him yeah. him and Dan Bailey. It's actually not a bad name. They get Brighton the, Coldschmidt. Brighton Coldschmidt's not a bad name. They get the other 20%. It sounds like a beer. I feel like Brighton Coldschmidt is like an Irish family and a Polish family. Mary and... Actually, I left out the O-line. They got to get like 10%. Yeah, come too. on. I, mean, I don't know, man. Just wait. So you had... What was your 11% today? So I try to blame. I divvied this up into one, two, three, four, six pieces, and I combined some. I gave Cousins... 25% because he's still the quarterback here. I can't dismiss him. Uh, I, I give 25% to the defense, but I led with Trey Waynes. Come on, man. Break up a pass. Come on. What did he give up? 140 or something? Yeah. 130, and 140. Listen, Tyree Kill's a great player. I totally get that, but break up a pass. Dude, Tyree Kill, I know we've seen this clip a million times on TV today. That 91 yard run, Tyree Kill at a standstill, 15 yards behind the play, beat him to the goal line. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then pushed him. And then pushed him in. It's amazing. Yeah. 15% goes in, uh, to Stefanski and Kubiak. Again, Stefan Diggs, one catch, four targets. Really? 15% goes to Zim. You're the head coach. Your defense was not good. And then Royce's favorite, 11% goes to offensive line and run blocking. Where did that come from? Like, of all the storylines I didn't expect, run blocking was a problem? Yeah. And then 9%. They were the 30th-ranked run defense coming into yesterday. Yeah, and they had been better, but still. And that Chris Jones playing was huge for him. But still, I mean, run your run blocking was really, really poor. And then 9%, Dan Bailey. <laughs> Classic Judd pie chart. And Cole quit. 9.2%. I, I gave 9% to the punter <laughs> and kicker. Because, you know what? Make the extra point and kick the ball 45 yards. 27 yards. The game book, the game book initially thought it was a 37 yard punt and then had to adjust it itself to go down to 27 yards. So uh, it was a rough outing for the Vikings yesterday. You can find Vikings Vent Line from post game, Vikings Vent Line from this morning, Purple Daily. You can find all those on the Score North app. And it's just, uh, just too bad there's nothing else to hang your hat on if you're a Vikings fan. Oh, wait. When I listened to the big show, they said the biggest worry was is when Devontae Adams comes to, came back, what's this offense going to be? And we saw it tonight. He can't throw to anybody else. He's just, it's just utter confusion, and it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I mean, throw to somebody else. Yeah, in the first half, they targeted, in the first half, he targeted Devontae Adams. He was, he was the guy. Packer vet line, courtesy of the fan in Milwaukee. Is that all we have? Got to have oh, more did, than did, that, uh, right? Did other teams lose in the NFC? I mean, I swear. Oh, it looks like, looks like the Bears lost, too. Yeah. Every single down that we possess the ball, which we... Kill it. We would have had maybe a possession or two more to get back in the game, but we don't have any urgency. We sit around in a lethargic manner, just letting the clock burn while we're down 19 nothing, then 19 7, then 19 14, and we never had a sense of urgency. At some point, it has to be hung on you know who's bald head. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Is that your guy again? <laughs> yes, that was Dan Hampton. I gotta oh, say, there was, nothing, there was nothing more pleasing than watching Sunday Night Football while also listening to that last night. It was amazing. Oh, man. So, so good. Crazy. Oh, wait. When I'm getting word. Oh. Yeah, I'm getting word that... Yep, another team in the NFC really? North lost as well yesterday. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> I've been watching the Lions for over 50 years, and I can tell you that I think today will go down in infamy in regards to losing the Lion fan base and losing the locker room due to all of the things you've listed in terms of being a fraud, not only the not only Patricia, but also Bob Quinn. Nobody in the division very happy. And how, like, after all of like the last 50 years of Lions football, the That's last it. 50 years of Lions football, Lions draw yesterday, it was the line in the sand. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. That's a breaking you know, point. They went 0 16, but no, this is it. Literally, their two greatest players of the modern era retired because they were so terrible. But yesterday, yesterday was the straw that broke the camel's back. Not Matt Mellon. Uh-uh. Yesterday. Well, I, need, I need more Bears vent line, though. Hold on. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. the best. Can't get enough. Shaheen botched the the uh, the kickoff at the end, and he fumbled. I think we got it. But you would have gave yourself a chance. You wouldn't have been in it where you had 28 seconds or whatever at the end of the game, you know, when you were taking possession. What if you would have had four minutes? You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't have kicked that little squib. They would have kicked it into the end zone. All these things matter. A little means a lot. And you know what? Our little head coach is is coaching like a little small man. <laughs> When Hampton talks, I can just ha- have this vision of of like bratwurst particles and pizza flying out of his mouth, hitting the studio. You know, we talk about Danny about Fox, how bad Fox was, scared to death offense, didn't want to really do anything. This guy Nagy really takes the cake, and who do we have to thank for that? Pace. And I'm, uh, there's more I could say, but I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm fried, folks. I'm just sick and tired for 34 years doing this business and watching stupidity prevail. I'll say it again. Watching stupidity prevail. That's what you saw today, the week before, the week before, the year before, the year before. This is Chicago, for God's sakes. The footing and the foundation of the National Football League. <laughs> Courtesy of WGN. I feel that in pain. Chicago. Yeah. I feel that pain. It's so good. They had nine total yards of offense in the first half yesterday. Nine. So nine. So yeah. Today, today sucks if you're a Vikings fan. But look around the division. There's a. Uh, you know what? Some some other things going on too. <laughs> Fire yourself. <laughs> Be a man. Fire yourself. <laughs> Tom Pelissero's NFL insights when we come back, including. Maybe the most ballsy question I've ever heard a reporter ask a head coach. We'll get Tom's thoughts on it.